0: You're listening to the God Centered Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met, or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and our contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days, and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week, I'll interview a new guest, and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Episode 51 of the god Center Mom podcast today, I'm chatting with Caroline Boykin. She is a mother of two grown daughters, and she writes over at wellversedliving.com. That's verse, like a Bible verse. Oh, guys, it is so good to talk with a mom who has been there (laughs) and who has come out of it, and she uh, it just has wisdom and perspective, and don't we all need that? Sometimes when we get caught up in our day-to-day and the squabbles, the sibling squabbles, and just getting to the end of our days with guilt and frustration, wanting good things for our children, wanting them to know God's word, but not knowing where to fit it in and how. Well, today, Caroline gives us practical, great activities and ideas and encouragement to really motivate us and get us to do the things that we really want to do. Yes, even in the midst of Christmas time, Or maybe one of your New Year's resolutions for 2015 is to teach your kids God's Word, to memorize some scripture. Well, Caroline has a new version of her book, The Well-Versed Family, coming out in January, and she is so sweet and is going to give away a copy to one of y'all. So listen for details at the end of the show on how to be entered to win that. All right, here we go. Hey, Caroline, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Oh,
1: Heather, thank you for inviting me. It's great to be with you today.
0: Well, ever since I heard you speak at our Mops group, um, I have been inspired by what you do. And when I started this podcast, you were definitely on the list of people I wanted to have on the show. So thank you for making time and, and coordinating with me to do this.
1: You bet. Happy to be here.
0: So tell all the moms listening about your family, first of all.
1: Okay, I have been married to my hubby for 25 years. We had our anniversary in October, and I have two uh, grown daughters. I have a 20-year-old daughter who's in college and a 22-year-old daughter who's graduated from Baylor and is married. Heather, I am a mother-in-law. You did it. Uh, I did it. it. (laughs) I did the mother of the bride thing. It was just awesome. And uh, so my husband and I are, are empty nesters. We've got two, like, uh, adorable uh, rescue dogs that we just love. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting all kinds of new adventures. I'm trying to get into beekeeping and soap making and all those things that, you know, just sound like a fun thing to do in the second part of life. So it's fun.
0: A beekeeper?
1: <laughs> really? Yes. yes, because don't you know that... Um, beekeeping is next to godliness. I mean, let's face it. God's word says over and over that He compares uh, God's word to honey. Yeah. Uh, my my word is sweeter than honey. And uh, there's so many rich spiritual um, symbols in the whole honey making and, and beekeeping process. And uh, just to give you one little tip, because I just love this about God's word, um, and as it connects to honey. Uh honey is one food that does not spoil. I don't know if people know that, but it it does not spoil. They found ancient uh tombs filled with uh pots of honey, and they were just as edible as they were that the day that they were jarred and that is exactly how Doc word is. It does not spoil It's just as fresh today as it was um two thousand years ago, and that's and there's just so many neat connections like that, so I love it.
0: That's fun. So once yeah. these kids grow up, we get to do these fun adventures. Oh, you do. Not that the kids aren't fun adventures, but I think that, and I've said yeah. this on the podcast before, but it was when I was in like a knitting group with some older moms. Yeah. And I realized how much of their life was after their kids were grown. Yeah. Yet I was like, whoa. I don't need to bemoan these years. This is a precious time, and everyone says, "Oh, it's a season," and everyone says it'll be it'll go by so fast. I mean, those are the yeah. phrases, but it it hit it struck me in a different way when you know they were saying, "Oh, my kids have been out of the house for twenty years," and I was like, "Wow, out wow. of the house for twenty years, and you probably had twenty odd years before they were in your house." I mean, it's it really is a small fraction of your lifespan. So it is.
1: It, yeah. it really is. and I just i I have to say, as a mom, I mean, I loved every phase of re- raising my kids from the baby years to the toddler and preschool elementary, you know, all the way up. It's just been great, and you just live in the moment, and then um of course, it's a little hard when they are um up and out and and uh, but you know what, it's all good. They come home and they love you and you love them back and and it's fun
0: and you and you may someday have grandkids, maybe. <laughs>
1: I know I can't wait. I can't wait. See, then I can teach them all this scripture. I get to do it all over again. Well, and
0: when I heard you speak, what I love too is that you were real because the whole thing that got you into teaching your girls scripture came out of a hard moment. Would you share the moment that you realized um, what you were doing wasn't working?
1: Oh, sure, absolutely, and and just as an aside before I even get into that, um, because some people want to know, well, how did you even know the Scripture to even teach your children when mm. this moment came up? And basically, I, uh, I w- learned a lot of Bible memory from my grandparents when oh, okay. I was—basically b- from the time I could talk, they were teaching me line after line after line of King James, and hmm. uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and let me tell you, Heather, those verses— I have stayed with me through every phase of my life. I mean, they are, like Isaiah says, they are the words in my ear saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And uh, I didn't know what propitiation and beseech and all these words (laughs) were when I was three, four, and five, but I do now, you know, and so I grew into it. So you would think that, you know, it was the greatest treasure I was ever given. And so you would think that that would be the priority for when I had my own children. But I was I did what James Dobson uh, as many of us do, I was so busy giving my daughters uh, what I didn't have that I failed to give them what I did, and so scripture memory kind of was on the on the back burner until one fateful day in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, where um, it was a fairly peaceful. Morning of play upstairs <laughs> in Boykin Barbie World, which is a makeshift room we had oh. that, you know, of course, ever, oh, you see so you have G.I. Joe and all that with the boys. Oh, well, whip, well they, they're
0: like Legos now. I oh, mean, yeah, my brother. Okay, Lego. Yeah, my brother had G.I. Joe's growing up and I did the Barbie thing, but now the boys are all like <laughs> Legos and balls yeah. and, yeah, cars and t- Thomas. But yes, yes, Barbie yeah, land. Yes, the, okay. The
1: Barbie land. And so I'm downstairs. And I'm, you know, having a little happy, happy morning thinking, boy, but it's, you know, it's 11 o'clock and we haven't had any conflict. This is going pretty good. and <laughs> My girls were three and five years old. So that kind of tells you where they were at. And all of a sudden I heard the dispute breaking out upstairs. And I thought, oh, how long do I have to wait before I, you know, can have to go up there and break it up? You know, you yep. kind of hope that it will spontaneously dissolve but then sometimes we have to go up and, and intervene and uh then i started hearing kind of banging on the the walls a little bit and i thought oh dear i better i better go up and break it up not that honestly that i was so concerned they were hurting themselves but i had just painted that room and i did not i didn't want them to hurt themselves but, um anyway you did not want the here, paint chipped. <laughs> I don't want the paint shift. When I hear the banging, then I got to go up because you're messing with my wall. <laughs> Mine's okay, always like so.
0: if, I, if I see blood, then I know I need to Okay, blood.
1: Can. Yeah, blood's another one. Yeah, yeah you, and because not so much you do that it's going to hurt them, but you don't want to have to stain treats, whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah, it's right? Yes. the
0: couch, the new Yeah. The new rug. Okay. yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I went upstairs, and I could tell that I'm in all honesty and sincerity. my my tension was escalating with every step I took upstairs. I and mean, this, this this dispute was going on, and I knew I had to break it up. And so I walk into the room, and my daughters have, one has the head, one has the hair, and one has the feet, and they're pulling side to side. The Pocahontas Barbie with the good hair, you know, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And so I... uh I said, okay, here we go. So I did what I always do. I ushered them across the hallway to Amy, my older daughter's room. I sat them on the bed and I was about to start my 15 minute lecture on harmonious sibling interaction and it had like bullet points and it was very well developed. It was, you know, (laughs) and they had checked out totally. I mean, Amy, who was five, had literally fallen asleep simultaneously on her bed or instantaneously, I should say. And Leah was just in a glassy over my shoulder a little bit, and I just realized my daughters had checked out, I had checked out, I was tired of hearing my own voice going on and on, and I just put my head in my hands and said, Lord, help, I I really need your help, this isn't working, and a verse I'd learned as a young child came to my mind, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger, Hmm. and that's Proverbs 15, 1. And uh so I woke up the kids and said, Hey guys, <laughs> we're gonna learn a little Bible verse here and I did a few little hand motions and and uh they could say the verse within really within a minute or two. And so then I sent them on their way to play Happily Ever After and they they've never had a fight since then. Can you believe it? That is the power of scripture memory. Wow, really? No No, no, I'm teasing that's a joke. I no, that's by four, <laughs> I I'm so like, wow, wow no way. This that powerful. Come on. Yeah, never another conflict after that one little verse. No. No, no. <laughs> but, but the truth is, by four o'clock that afternoon, they were at it again, you know, mm, arguing yeah. over something in the family room. And so there I go, marching in. I'm going to start with my little lecture Harmonious Sibling Interaction, Part Two. And I realized, nope, I'm not going to do that lecture. I'm just going to stand there, and I had the little motion, like I was stirring a big pot, which is part of our Bible memory motion, and I just said, who's stirring up the anger pot? Because the verse is a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And uh, I said, what's that verse that we learned? And we repeated it, and honestly, it worked like a dream. Mm -hmm. And that sort of started... Our adventure in well versed family at home. Yeah, it was great. Well,
0: that story stuck with me. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I have not forgotten it. I, came, I think I came straight oh. home from Mops and I started it with my boys. I mean, yeah. there was an opportunity yeah. immediately. So yeah, I, I mean, and it was true. Like it, I just felt more equipped rather yeah. than the same old lecture and the same. You know, I could have said all the, you know, we need to be kind to our brother and you need to honor your brother. And I could have even quoted, you know, we don't do evil for evil or whatever it was. The the phrases that I had, they had no meaning unless the boys had planted in their own hearts the truth of God's word, like they needed it for themselves and, and. You know, just even like now I could do the simple little gesture you use for gentle answer, the little pinching fingers. Yeah, that's right. And that's all I needed to do when I started to see them rising up with the harshness or even in myself, you know, like the that little pinching fingers of a gentle answer could could keep us from even going down the path of having to correct, you know. So even further. Yeah. But, But that yeah, that was Really, really good, so you started there and you you kind of came up with lots of ideas to keep implementing it in your home, not just in a reactive way, but a proactive system. What was a system that you used with your girls to kind of well, do scripture memory in your house
1: Sure well, you know what I, I learned early on that the way that I learned scripture. Uh, just kind of sitting on my grandpa's knee, and he would re- re- repeat a verse over and over. That 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 times had changed. Uh, kids were more on the go. Things were more interactive. And so I realized that um, I, just, I just needed to just incorporate it very comfortably, kind of like a spiritual happy meal is really how I looked at it, that these verses were just little spiritual happy meals and that we just um, would – Take a verse maybe every few days or every week or just whatever pace worked for us and we would repeat it a few times a day and we would talk about it at night and when we got up in the morning and I would write the verse out on index cards and, um, you know, we would try to live the verse. And then I realized that the, the three, three things that I was doing that were really working for the kids is that the three keys were that we were learning it through repetition and review we were going over and over the verse you know several times each day, and then we were linking it to something that they could see we could we could tangibly understand, and that's really where the fun of the well versed uh, message is, is is the linking for example, we link uh the gentle answer to that little pinching motion so that mm-hmm. all you do is the pinching motion and and the words come to your mind what yeah. that verse is and so we mm-hmm. did a lot of fun fun linking. And then we live it, you know. You you gotta you you gotta use it or you lose it. And uh, over time, the is just really stuck. And uh, you know what? The, the cool thing is, I I will say this, Heather. You know, scripture memory, early scripture memory. Uh, Joe White says it's the single most effective life shaping tool in a parent's toolbox. Mm. I and mean, that's really huge. He's been in youth ministry for years, has four grown children, and is a, is a grandfather grandfather. Yeah. He's, and, the, uh, he's the
0: guy yeah. that started CannaCuck or he runs
1: CannaCuck? Yes. yes. Yeah. He's, he's CannaCuck. Yeah. So his, his 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 conviction is that scripture memory is the single most effective life-shaping tool. I believe that also. Yeah. I've seen that. And the thing is that's so cool is that we have, when our kids are little, a window of opportunity to teach them the Word. And then with time, sadly, that, that window closes. Just mm-hmm. like learning a language, for example. Children can learn languages and... And then you realize when you're older, gosh, you have such a hard time taking on a different language. Um, brain development, memorization skill, all of that really is is just like a a rocket uh, yeah. when kids are little. Yeah. And then what we do as parents is we let God we let God do the rest. In other words, we feed them what they need. We give them the word. And then we step back and say, Lord, you know, it's yours to it's yours to speak and to do what work you'll do with that. And it doesn't mean that our kids aren't not going to have struggles. They are. There's terrible things in the world that they're going to face, and, and we've faced our fair share of um, disappointment and parlay and that sort of thing. But, but the underlying foundation of the Word is there, and nothing can take that away. That's the beautiful thing, is I know it's there, and nothing can remove that, you know.
0: Well, I think, you know, I was listening to um, Scott Taransky. Have you ever heard of him?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Joanne Miller and Scott Taransky, they write great books. And um, I was listening to him and he was talking a lot about internal motivation and external motivation for kids. And it's kind of stuck with me, you know, how do you move from just uh, a behavioral method of I'm telling my boys what to do, and if they don't, they get a consequence to an internal motivation that they're choosing the right thing from a heart mm-hmm. that wants mm-hmm. to pursue right things. And and I think it goes along with another um, author I like to read who's uh, uh, Clay Clarkson he wrote a book mm-hmm. called heart of discipline and his mm-hmm. his analogy is to um the path of life that our children are walking we want them on this path of life and we're walking with them it's not a i'm i'm ahead of you or i'm behind you you know whipping you <laughs> to get you in line yeah. it's a walking yes. with them and trying to keep them on that path and god's word is that path i mean it's it teaches us the best god wants for us. He's not yeah. he, like we know. It's not these rules weren't given to make our lives miserable. It was for good and to and to live out the plan he has in store for us. And by teaching your kids these truths and burying them deep in their heart, you're you're allowing an internal motivation and a keeping on the path. And I mean that and and so you know, all these moms listening want that, I'm sure. But it's the connection between how do I get that word in there and life is so busy and when would I make time for that? And, you know, I found that I had the most time to do these activities in in your book when my kids were little before they went off to school. Sure. they do scripture memory at school, but the activities and just making them fun. And we were hanging out at the house a lot back then. I mean, there was just a lot of just blank time. And we, you know, we could fill it with playing to have your book and to have, you know, those, the ideas already planned out for me (laughs) was just took away that extra step. Um, kind of like I was saying with my last guest, Courtney DeFeo, like we have the desire, but having y'all connect the steps for us is so helpful into having an actual action plan. So when you were writing the book and coming up with these for your daughter, how did you pick the verses? Like what drove you? Okay,
1: that's that, that, yeah, that's a that's a great question. And then in, in my in my book at the end there's uh eighty-eight pre printed verse cards. Oh wow. And there's different yeah, there's different categories. There's verses for life, there's uh verses of Proverbs, which I, I love the Proverbs, teaching mm-hmm. Proverbs to kids. I think it's super practical, super powerful. Um I have the seven IMs of Jesus, which I think are hugely important for every child to know, every every person to know really. Mm-hmm. Um I put together four verses that start with the word for, um, for salvation, like uh for God to love the world, you know, um, for by grace, be safe, be faith, you know, those uh sorts of verses. So but what I did really for for myself and my family at the time is I I was in Proverbs when I first started uh, Bible Memory, and I sort of stayed there for a while with the girls, and we began to learn Proverbs that I felt like, as I was reading, one would jump out, and I'd say, oh, you know, that's a great one. I'll have to teach that to my kids. And then I just kind of created this list of verses that I thought would be great. And then my kids, too, went to Christian school, and they learned, you know, Bible memory at, at school, some of the, you know, basic foundational verses which are wonderful. But really the verses that we learned at home, Heather are the ones that my girls say that really stuck the mm-hmm. most. Yeah. You know, certainly they learned verses um all through uh middle school and, and uh some in high school as well. But it was the verses that we really learned at home and I think it's because we did uh we did Practice them or recite them. So I guess if I were to tell your listeners what are a couple, you know, super simple, kind of practical things to do is first of all, you know, you decide which verse you want to learn, mm-hmm. and that's basically what. What does your family need right now? You know, yeah. where is your family at? Are there unkind words flying around the house? Well, then maybe you want to learn it. You know. Um, Pleasant words are honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And maybe you want to serve up a bowl of honeycomb that morning, you know, and keep the verse, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, those are
0: great. Those
1: are delicious. Yeah, they're (laughs) delicious. And let me tell you, I, and people are going to, Probably tune out now because they're like, I would never feed my child that, you know, sugar and oh, It's, it's
0: Christmas. We can feed it. It's anything.
1: Christmas. <laughs> well, and 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 I, I have to, this is the caveat. I do my my bachelor's degree is in food science and nutrition, so okay, the dietitian is telling you it's okay to serve honeycomb to your children to teach them a verse. But if you want to, you can go to Whole Foods too. They've got a honeycomb. But but no, to, to to make it real practical, you you look and you say, okay. So the Bible says, you know, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. That's a really helpful memory verse. Um, mm-hmm. And so you begin to connect it to uh, what your kids can understand, um, and they can taste honeycomb. They know it's sweet, and so you explain to them, you know, pleasant words are just as sweet as what we're eating. And then you begin to say, let's use pleasant words toward, towards each other. In other words, let's take turns telling the person across from us or next to us what we love and appreciate about them. Mm. And I did that with my girls at the table. And, you know, at first it's a little hard, you know, to kind of come up with something. If, if sissy, sissy has been on your nerves, you know, a few <laughs> hours before, but, you know, we kind of coach them, okay, you know, your sister loves you and she'll always be here for you and she's a friend. And and then pretty soon they come up with these pleasant words and you know what? They They build each other up with those and that was an experience that they will walk away from, a feeling that they can walk away from, that mm. is in connection with that first. that also is tied into a bowl of honeycomb. Mm. So you're that's the link. And so, yeah. like, for example, when we would take road trips, and I know that kids, for some reason, when, when they get in the car and they know they've got eight hours ahead of them, it's like all kind of crazy starts happening, right? Because yeah. we're trapped. Yeah. And so they're, yeah. they're bugging each other and all that. And I would prepare little baggies of honeycomb. On our road trip. And I'd say, okay, I think it's time now. We need to start, you know, watching our words in the car and and let them munch on that. And and that would be a a linking connection. So I tried to make it as easy and I'm not a super creative type. I'm I'm Pinterest. I think not. I just, you know, I'm not one of those, but it, it just seemed like opportunities to link the verses came pretty easily. But uh, as a, as a, as a, as another point, though, when we did this, typically for our family, and when they were little, bedtimes worked beautifully. Mm, interesting. Okay. I had an yeah, I had an approach, Heather, that was never denied. It's a foolproof approach to getting <laughs> your kids to Bible memory. Here it is. I'm going to share it with you. Okay. I would say to my girls, "Which one of you wants to stay up an extra ten minutes, and mommy will tickle your back, and we'll learn a Bible verse." Mm. And their hands would shoot up. They never never said, Oh no, we'd rather go to bed. Yeah, you know? right? Yeah. No, they want they loved that time with mommy, and we mm. would just I just lay down by them. I have my little verse card and I tickle their back and we'd learn Psalm twenty three, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside quiet waters. You know, it was just those types of moments and over time. The word just soaked in. In fact, I remember there were nights where I was so wiped out and so tired mm. that I was like, I'm not going to mention that Bible memory <laughs> you know, yeah, thing. You know? I'm just Yeah, That's what I was thinking. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. And, uh, and they would say, well, can we stay up an extra 10 minutes and learn a verse and you'll tickle our back? And mm. I'm like, oh, you know, they, they got me there. And every time I did that, I came up, I came away from that time renewed and energized to face those dishes in the sink and, you know, whatever else was going on. So that worked. that well, works beautifully.
0: I'm thinking, I'm thinking on multiple levels. Okay, so one, you know, mom's not thinking, well, I don't, I don't want to lose 10 more minutes of my night sure. that I'm giving that up. Sure. Oh, sacrifice that, whatever. I, I'd rather just have the break, but I'm thinking, sure. okay. We, we deal with mommy guilt a lot, right? Like yes, by the end yes. of the day, we're like, why did I say that? Why did yes. I react that way? Why did I have that attitude? Why did I ignore that sure. request and look at my phone instead? Sure. You could end your evening guilt-free <laughs> if yeah. you could end with those 10 minutes. and it, it And you wouldn't mind giving them up if it got rid of the guilt. And your daughters may not or your kids may not do the bedtime battles if they got your full attention, back tickles. And uh, God's word sitting in their brain, his Holy spirit calming their hearts. And you know, I think I'd go to sleep if someone's rubbed my back and I'm saying (laughs) Psalm 23, that's very, you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I think that in the 10 minutes you think you're giving up, you're actually gaining more. Does that make sense? It's kind of like the opposite. Like when people are like, well, I don't want to get up early and read my Bible before my kids wake up. I need my sleep. But the, 10 minutes of sleep you're getting versus the 10 minutes in God's word, I think that you would start to realize it was worth the trade-off. You know
1: what I mean? Oh yeah, and I think about that verse says you know don't why do, why do we hang out of the things we cannot keep you know so we can mm. gain the things that we can't lose mm. I mean I, I and I'll say I say 10 minutes, but you know it can be two or three minutes. It doesn't have to be a full 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes is a long time, Uh, you know, really, when when you think about what what happens in our day. I mean, three or four minutes in in Bible memory is in in the evening. You would be surprised how productive two or three minutes every evening, just loving on your kids. After you Mm -hmm. read the storybook and do your little routine and they're in bed and you're, you know, just loving on them and, and saying God's word, um, you know, together on these little index cards or however you want to uh, print it out, yeah. uh, you would be surprised at how productive that is. You know, um, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said, if you take care of the minute, the years will take care of themselves. Yes. In other words, the value of a minute is is what really creates long-term productivity. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a whole lot of time and this is a really cool thing too because clearly you know in, in Deuteronomy 6 God wants us to talk about his word at bedtime and in the morning and when we walk and mm-hmm. rise and, and all of that all of throughout the day But I think bedtime is especially impactful for young children. Um, Fears can come up at bedtime. I think it's important that they know they can rest on God's promises at bed. But uh, Dawson Trotman, the the guy who started the Navigators organization, Mm -hmm. he had a a theory called – I think it's called something like Last Thought, First Thought, or something. It, but basically, his idea is that, you know, the last thought you have in your mind upon going to sleep is, is is can be the first thought that you can have upon waking in the morning. And so when he traveled, uh, the men he traveled with him said that he always had somebody quote a passage of Scripture. Uh, before they actually lights out, and that was the last thing that any of them spoke, and they said, "You know, it was interesting that often upon rising, that was what came to their mind." So mm. it's it's a very powerful, wow. uh, small investment, but it's powerful. Yeah.
0: Well, I was I was reading um, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she talks about thoughts and how they're really we we think thoughts and we think they're these abstract things, that they're actually neuronal synapses happening. They're yeah. real things yeah. and we can have the positive and the negative thoughts and like to end on that thought that your brain's then going to dwell upon for the next hour two hours, three sure. hours as you sleep better that <laughs> better yeah. to have that verse you know that, you remember when you're studying college and you like think yeah. if I just read my notes real quick before I go to sleep then they'll like soak in all night and then I'll <laughs> right. be fine for the yeah. test in the morning yeah, no that's yeah. really Really good. I, I like it a lot, and I I think I I think I wrote a post about one of your ideas, which um, now the verse is escaping me. That's not good. Mm-hmm. It's no, a, that's okay. It's the activity that I remembered, and I think my boys still well, remember it. And it was the one where you stand at the bottom of the steps, and you say, "Okay, whoever can get to the top of the steps without touching the banister, the steps themselves, um, climbing oh, yeah. the walls, yeah, yeah. will get twenty dollars."
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what verse it is.
0: Okay, what's the verse? I cannot remember.
1: For there is one God, and there is one mediator between man and Christ. Yes, and between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. In other words, there's one God. There's one mediator. There's there's one. There's one way.
0: There's one way, and, and so it was and so, how, so and how great. Do you,
1: how do you get there? Yeah, and yeah. it was so great. Mm-hmm. So then,
0: and it's a fun thing for boys too because sure, you know, eventually you show them it's only th- on my back, so I'm allowed yep. to walk on yeah. the steps. And it's only through Christ that we can have access to God and, and, uh, he has to do it for us and we can't do anything to earn it. Right. So beyond believing in him and trusting him and putting our whole reliance on him, it was like totally a lesson that they remember. Now I should have gone back and said the verse more, but, um, so that I remember.
1: No, no. So see, that's the thing. The, con- the concept is there and you know what's going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen is they'll be sitting in church one Sunday when they're 20 or 30 years old or something, or at any point. And then the, the pastor's going to teach on, for there's one God and one mediator between man and God, and that is Christ Jesus. And they're going to remember that experience on the stairs. See, that's kind of how our, it's going to take them back to that, yeah. because yeah. That, that was connected at that time. Yep. And that's a that's a link. So that's that's a cool that's a that's cool. I'm glad you shared that. I well, and it. there was
0: another one I remember too. That's the um the activity with uh there are two jars and they're both covered up on the side, and one has vinegar in it.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, tell us about that one.
1: Well, isn't that isn't that uh, out of the overflow of the heart and mouth? Yes,
0: speak? yes.
1: Yes, and uh, you know, I, yeah. In fact, I remember seeing that. I really love that you that you posted that. Well, you take two matching jars, and you cover them, and and they from the outside. Oh, you know what else? That's a good uh, lesson for. Is I think it's the verse Samuel that where God looks at, you know, the yes. the uh, outside. You know, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that uh, you can link them link them either way, but basically the jars look the same, and you talk to the kids and you say, are these the same or are they different? Well, they're the same. They have the same size, the same color of paper wrapped around them, and then you open them up and you look at the water and the vinegar. They look the same, mm-hmm. and but then when you smell them and you taste them, they're totally different. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you know what uh, the Bible says that. You know, man looks at the outward appearance. We see what's on the outside, but God knows what's in the heart. Whether it's water, which mm-hmm. is refreshing, and we we our bodies are sustained with it, or vinegar, which tastes terrible and we want to avoid it, and it stinks. <laughs> and and so, you know, what are we? Are we um you know water or or vinegar? And then again, that verse 2, which I love, is out of the overflow, the heart, and the mouth speaks, which I think is a very powerful. Verse for kids to grasp that you know everything that we say and do finds its origin from within our heart. Mm-hmm. And so when we see someone who is bullying, for example, um, we we can have compassion on that bully, even though we know that that's not uh, a, a good and right thing to do. Because somewhere in that heart, there's a, there's an ache and a pain there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and God God sees that. So, you know, there's great opportunities to um connect with those verses. Yeah.
0: So awesome. Okay, so I know you had a version of the book and now there's a second version, is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. I'm I'm super excited But, you know, I I'm unlike I I work at a turtle's pace, so everything at <laughs> snail's pace, so everything in my world takes ten times longer than the average individual. But my first edition came out of the Wellverse family, I believe, in two thousand Okay. And uh, you know what? I, I felt like um it, it just it needed right away I saw all kinds of typos and bad <laughs> grammar and oh, I was no. like, Oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed this is and I had other author friends say, Oh, what happens to all of this but I really knew it could be better. Yeah. And as I began to speak on the subject Uh, and it was so well-received, I thought, oh, I should include that in the book, or, oh, I should have, you know, put this in, or here's different verses, and here's maybe some more ideas. So my publisher came to me uh, a couple years ago, actually, and said, look, you know, we'd, we'd love to offer you the opportunity to... Do an expanded uh, revision and a, a second edition. Would you be interested? in. I said, "Goodness, that that isn't that is great. It needs a new cover. It needs a new look. It just needed everything." So it it is in the it's in the hopper right now, and we were hoping it would be out in the spring and then in the fall and now in the winter. But it looks like January is going to be the release. January twenty okay. fifteen. So yeah, two thousand fifteen. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm.
0: About Very it. cool. Yeah. And you've worked in the past yeah. too with Seeds Family Worship,
1: right? Yeah, I love the folks at Seeds. They're a great ministry partner. I mean, they just put straight scripture to music and uh, you know, music is one of the most engaging ways to learn God's word, and so we 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 just adore each other. <laughs> We're good buddies. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. If y'all yes. if you want an additional resource to the Wellverse family, if you haven't ever checked out Seeds, that's a great Christmas present, don't you think? Like a oh, like my stocking goodness. stuffer. Oh my
1: goodness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I would I would guess and you can get the whole set now from Steve. I think for a really good uh, discounted price at Christmas time, it's it's perfect for stockings. Yeah, yeah. I love I love Steve's
0: music. Or even yeah, or friends, or you know, sure. if you have a gift exchange or with a, another mom group or something, or even teachers. I I just really think that people don't know about them. I'm amazed how many people don't know about them. Yeah, um, even in the Christian world, and so yeah, mm-hmm. I'll put a link to them. I'll put a link to all the people that we've mentioned and to all of caroline's books and things and her website you write great posts all the time so um mm-hmm. i just really appreciate you coming on here and i always love having moms who have walked the journey and they're looking back and they're advising wow. us you know
1: come along yeah this way yeah yeah so i yeah.
0: um, appreciate you and you, so
1: and you know what what one one lesson, you know what, Heather? I mean, honestly, as moms, we all make mistakes, and I—that's I a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but the one thing that I am so grateful, and it's only by God's grace, I mean, is is that the kids do have the word in their hearts, and nothing can snatch it. And I just want every kid to have that. Mm-hmm. Every kid. So yeah, yeah, I think that's
0: really good. And in the years when we have the influence we have, um, oh. I think that. You know, in a world that's trying to have a voice louder than ours, I think, yeah, take advantage of it, young moms. You have lots of time. Um, Yeah. And and I think your bedtime, that was awesome. Great. Even for kids that are in school and moms and dads who work all day, that's a tip that they can totally do and feel like they are following God's commands and being obedient. So awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it really do.
1: You're so, welcome. Thanks, thanks me. you. Have Christmas. a very Merry Christmas. You too. Have a wonderful Christmas. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Isn't she great? I knew you would just really enjoy what she had to share. And if you've never memorized scripture with your kids, I think her way is a good way to start. Do something fun. Do fun, a fun activity. Just pick one for the month. And I think that you would, um, your children would benefit. And her idea for bedtime wowzers. I would love to do that while my boys will still let me, um, just rub their backs and hang out with them in bed. So, uh, I hope you're able to check out her new book. And if you want to win a copy, just leave a comment on the blog post that goes with this podcast over at dot com uh, with the episode 51. So, um, I am just praying for your Christmases, that you are blessed with time with your family, that it is restful, and uh, that you have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know